Welcome to the Successfully Unemployed Show, the place where ordinary people become extraordinary by finding the path to financial freedom through entrepreneurship, side hustles, and passive income. We've already blazed the path, showing you how to retire early and have financial independence so you will never work for someone else again. And now, here's your host, Dustin Heiner. All right, it's the Successfully Unemployed Show. My name is Dustin Heiner, and I'm super excited to have, actually, this is the 100th episode here on the Successfully Unemployed Show. Now, I absolutely do this because I just love sharing with people how they can literally never work a job again. That's what Successfully Unemployed is all about. Now, I've become successfully unemployed because of my real estate rental properties, but there are so many ways, and that is why I bring on so many fantastic guests who are currently successfully unemployed by every other way. And I really want to say thank you so much for being a part of the Successfully Unemployed show. I'm really, really encouraged by how many people actually listen to the show and are taking action. If you are taking action, I want you to email me directly and I will give you a surprise. I'll give you a gift. Email me at dustin at successfullyunemployed.co. Send me an email letting me know you listened to this 100th episode. And to celebrate, I'm actually going to give you something celebrating this 100th episode. And just to say thank you so much for being a part of the show. I'll send you something absolutely for free. This is really a passion project of mine. See, I make my money through real estate, but I just can't sit around because I'm not, it's not my type of personality. I just can't sit around and not do anything. I have to be productive. I have to just, you know, plus I love serving people. And plus I really enjoy interviewing great people and getting to know them and just really getting more people in my network. And so successfully unemployed is all about showing you the many, many ways to quit that J-O-B, that just overbroke job by investing, by having side hustles in literally every single way possible. Now I invest in real estate. And if you want to get started, text the word rental, R-E-N-T-A-L to 33777. I will give you my real estate investing course absolutely for free. Text the word rental to 33777 or the link will be in the description. I am super excited that you are here learning. Now what's also fantastic is I actually have my YouTube channel for Successfully Unemployed and I have my editor, my video editor who edits videos for my YouTube channel, after listening to the Successful Unemployed show for many, many times, obviously he's listening to it, editing it and everything, and he just shared with me that he quit his job, he is full-time, he has a business now, he has employees that are actively working for him, and he is successfully unemployed. So just by listening that it's absolutely possible to quit your job and retire early and not work for somebody else because honestly, your value is so much more than anybody can ever pay you. And when you actually quit your job, you will 100% realize exactly what I am saying. Now in today's show, I am super excited to learn how we can quit our job by being a copy editor, not just a copy editor, but just an editor in general editing books, editing magazines, editing content, editing blogs, all that stuff, editing. Now, I'll definitely tell you, I hate editing personally, but even though I hate it, a lot of people absolutely love it. Now, let's jump into the show where we learn how to become an editor of all things so that we can quit our jobs and be successfully unemployed and retire early. All right, let's do this. And today, I am super excited to bring on an expert on today's show who has edited more than... 30 30 million words, 200 books, and she is a professional freelance 
editor. And I am super excited to have on Jennifer Harshman on the show. Jennifer, thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you for having me. Now, Jennifer, you're an editor, but let's talk about how you make money to provide for yourself and your family without working that just over broke job. So I make money actively and passively. And actively, I'm running a small writing, editing, and self-publishing assistance agency that we call Harshman Services. So that's where all of that editing comes in and some other services there. Uh, We help coaches, speakers, business owners, and other leaders to create and repurpose written content. So um, like you'd mentioned that I've done... I've done so many, um, like some USA Today bestsellers, New York Times bestsellers, Dan Miller, Millennial Whisperer, Chris Tuff, Side Hustle Nations, Nick Loper, and hundreds of others. That is fantastic because as a content creator, which I'm a content creator, I literally hate editing, like with a passion. I'd rather get my teeth pulled out than editing. I just can't do it. But I can create. I love creating. And usually, I, I've written four books. And each one of the books, usually I get three different editors. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. just because I want to make sure it's 100%, you know, as best as I can. But um, yes. I, as I'm creating content, I love the idea of repurposing content. I do that as much as I can. And so I think it's a brilliant service. Now, you didn't always do this. What were you doing before? And then how did you transition to where now you are successfully unemployed, being able to do all this, having passive and active um, income from your business? So back in 2006, before I had quit working to become successfully unemployed, I was working 45 hours a week at a community college in the grants department and 40 hours a week Um, I was volunteering at a local soup kitchen um, emergency shelter and at my church nursery. So I was working more than 100 hours a week. And I also had two preschoolers at the time and I carried the household workload. So after about a year of all of that piled up, plus, you know, years and years before that of high stress stuff, my body finally called it quits and said, we're not going to do this anymore. So my adrenal glands started to shut down and it caused what they call cascading systems failure, where my liver decided to go and my kidneys and everything. So a team of doctors at a university hospital said, we can't do a thing for you. Go home, pick out your coffin and kiss your babies goodbye. So that was my giant wake up call. Um, They said I'd be dead in two days, but obviously they were wrong. Um, I quit everything except loving on my kids. And then um, about a year later, I was recovered enough that I could start thinking about what I might want to do as far as contributing to society again and um, helping supplement my household income. And that's when I started looking for what can I do at home that's flexible work around my kids' schedules and my kids' needs and my health needs. And that's when a friend contacted me and said, hey, I work at the Nelson Atkins Museum. My boss just handed me an assignment that I can't do. He wants me to edit two books in British style because they want to publish them in London. And I was commiserating with her. I'm like, oh, you poor thing. I'm so sorry. You've got your work cut out for you. And she says, no, 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 Jennifer, you don't understand. You have your work cut out for you. You're going to do this gig. And 
I said, I don't know British style. What do you mean? I've only done editing for American stuff. And I hadn't even done books to that point, just all sorts of other documents. So it was a big learning opportunity for me. And she kind of chided me a little bit, you know, as friends can sometimes do. And she said, I know that you taught yourself how to catalog books according to the Dewey Decimal System. And that only took you a couple of hours. And I got a master's degree to learn that. So shut up and take the job. So I did. I loved it. They loved my work. And that was my first big sign that that's something that I could do at home, not have to have a job, you know, all of that. So that's how I got started. Man, that's fantastic. And it's great having somebody else that can encourage you on that could see potential, but then also give you a shove in that direction. And literally a shove being like, here's work, which is Terrific. Yes. I have a, a friend of mine who's actually been on the show. His name's Eric Upton. Um, he was working for somebody else. And actually, he was a pastor at a church. And he just was feeling called to move on from being a pastor. And long story short, um, he, he quit. And he didn't really have a lot of income coming in from his other businesses. And I said, I'm so excited for you. Because everybody else is telling, oh, what are you going to do? This is horrible. Mm. I, I, I was the only one saying, man, you can do it. I'm so excited for you. I'll help you every single step of the way. And now it's literally been two over two years now. And he's still successfully unemployed doing his own work. It's, mm -hmm. it's fantastic. Now, you started doing freelance, obviously, and working mm -hmm. for whoever can can hire you. How do we get started doing editing or anything like that where we are being a freelance person with, you know, content out there? The first thing that I would do, which is the first thing that I did, is get a copy of the Chicago Manual of Style. This beautiful brick of a book is the um, the Trade Editing Bible. So it tells you all sorts of things. It will not help with grammar, um, but it does help with the stylistic issues, punctuation, hyphenation, all of that fun stuff. And that's just like the the British style, like that that helped you because I have no clue what that is. Um, British style is just different from American in that a lot of the spellings of certain words, those are different. Um, they put their punctuation outside of their, like their commas outside of the quotation marks, whereas in American style, we put them inside. So there are yeah. just some stylistic differences like that. Got it. Got it. Got it. So get that book and then that helps you to understand what is out there. Is that correct? Yes. Um, so that that is one. Another one that's really good is the subversive copy editor and developmental editing. So those will help you figure out what type of editing you might want to do. There are different types. And like you said, you you get three different editors, which is brilliant. And I want to congratulate you oh, on that. You. <laughs> thank you. Because I know after I get uh, my work back from editors, I, I really don't like reading my own stuff, but I force myself and I have my wife read it after the editors get it back. And we're like, you know, mm -hmm. the editor did a decent job, but there's still some problems that need to get fixed. Either they missed it or whatever it might be. And then having mm -hmm. two other ones, it just helps it to refine it, you know, and fresh set of eyes yes. every single time. So, yes. okay. So we need to learn about the styles. We need to learn about how we can edit. What do we do to, you know, we, we think we want to do it. Is there, can we just jump right into actually charging people or should we do something for free to get a, like a portfolio of stuff? How do we actually start getting down the path of making money? I would do some for free to build that portfolio and to get feedback. Because at first, if like if you have not done this in some capacity, then you don't know what you don't know and you don't know what you are good at yet and what you're not. So it's a great opportunity, maybe even start small 
work with your church or some local nonprofit and offer to do their brochures, or um, maybe they have an annual report or something that it's not the size of a book, but it's substantial enough that you can um, get that feedback that you need. And I would also team up with someone who is experienced. So let's say it's a brochure. It's a short piece, maybe 500 words or so. You edit that, send it to your client. They send it back, say, hey, we love it. And then you go and you either before you send it to them or after, go to someone who is experienced and send that to them and say, could you check my work? What did I miss? What could I do better? Did I make good comments? Did I treat the author the way they need to be treated? Questions like that. That's a great idea. Now, that obviously, that, well, for, for me, the first question comes, how do I find somebody like that? Like it, I'm for only thoughts that come to my head, maybe like join a Facebook editing group or something like that. Like, what are your thoughts about how to find somebody that, maybe a mentor, but somebody that you're just, you want to help each other out. How would you find somebody like that? Well, I am always available to people and I actually do train people in how to become a freelance editor. Um, I also wrote a book that is free on Amazon and it, I, I team wrote it. So all of the authors in there are editors and they are willing to take people under their wing and teach oh, them awesome. too. That is, that is super generous. I mean, that's very, very cool. What's the name of the book that somebody can find on Amazon? It's Find a Real Editor, Avoiding the Posers and Scammers. I love it. It's so straightforward. It's just, it has to be. Like my book, actually, it's right in the, the video if you're watching this on YouTube. It's How to Quit Your Job with Rental Properties. It's ba I mean, it literally, it's like the step-by-step -step guide to retiring early by investing in real estate. So like keyword, you know, SEO packed it in there. I wanted to be Straightforward. I don't want to say, hey, it's about flipping houses or it's about wholesaling or taxes. And so none of that. I want to be straightforward. So I love, I love that title. But the fact that you're giving away for free is just very, very cool. Okay. So we have hopefully found somebody that we can help and get some work done for them, getting your portfolio, just checking out to see if you're going to be able to do it, number one, but also even if you like it. Like I literally hate editing. If I had to, to provide for my family, I probably would make myself do it, but I'm probably not good enough to do it. But anyways, long story short, somebody's good. They really want to do it. They, they've got the books that you've suggested. They've read through it. They now have a few things maybe from their church, like annual report or whatever it might be, and they have some work done. How would they start getting clients? Because obviously for me, I just think of, okay, somebody can go to Fiverr, fiverr.com, and then type in editor and find the first editor, which me, I'm like, I got to find a good editor. I don't to find somebody on Fiverr that's like no stars or two stars or whatever, no reviews. How do you then get it to where you become more known to actually get good jobs? So start with the people that you know. When, and when I say the word network, a lot of times people have a bad connotation or negative idea about what network means. What, what I mean when I say network is just talk to people you know and be a good friend to them. So go and be generous and relationships will be strengthened. And, you know, it's a round world. What goes around comes around. So sooner or later, it will end up benefiting you in some way. Um, but talk to people. Let them know what you do. Hey, I'm editing books now. And a lot of people want to write a book. I've seen stats that say as much as 84% of Americans would raise their hand and say, yes, I want to write a book. So you know people who want to write books. You know people who are writing books. 
you know, people who have written books. So talk to the people that you know and let them know what you do. And if they want to see samples of your work, you show it to them. Um, also do a free sample edit and that's about 500 words or so. It doesn't have to be a whole chapter, just, just a sample that is substantial enough to show your work on their writing. And I, I still to this day, I've been doing this for a dozen years full time, and I still to this day allow time in my schedule for a minimum of one free sample edit every week. So it takes just a few minutes for me to do, and it's something that builds that trust with a new client or potential client, and it serves me well. That's a great idea. I love that. And you're helping people at the same time. I just yes. love serving more people. The more people that I serve in my real estate business, in my online business, or in life, and you know, at my church and everything, the more people I serve, the better my life gets and the better other people's lives get. It's just, it's so much better when you serve other people. And I, I also really love the idea that you said, start telling people that you are an editor. What I do is when mm -hmm. I teach, I teach students how to invest in rental properties and real estate. And so what I tell them is, this is what I did. This is, could help you too, as I tell my students, is I had to make a switch in my mind from when somebody says, hey, Dustin, what do you do? Well, I used to say, well, I work at the county IT department, so I just do IT work for the county. That's what I used to say. That's like the value that I would put on myself. As soon as I realized mm -hmm. I had to make that switch and change my the way that I either respond or the way that I see myself, when everybody, whenever anybody asks me, Dustin, what do you do? I say, I am an investor. I may have a full-time or a part-time job that's literally all my income comes from there, but my mindset is literally shifted and people yes. can take this, whatever it is that you want to do, be an editor, if you want to be a freelance writer, whatever it might be, make that shift in your mind to where now you realize you are a full-time editor. You might have a part-time job that's where 100% of your income comes in, but that you've got to take that, that's my part-time job. I'm a full-time mm -hmm. editor, so I love that. Okay, so once somebody already has the, uh, they have a few clients under the belt and they're, they're no, but not your, that one client is not most likely if they're writing a book, they're not going to be pumping out books every single week to give you more work. What's the goal to, or what's not, what's the goal? What's the idea how to scale the business to where we can rely on that income to provide for our family and continually get more people to want to hire us for our services? What I did was at the beginning I had thought about running ads, but I didn't have the budget for it. So I decided what I would do is knock my client's socks off with excellent service, excellent work, um, great communication, all of those things that make, make for a really good experience for the author. And then when they came to me, and it was not if, it was when they came and said, I love your work, this is great. I would say, I'm so glad to hear that. Would you please tell two people about me? And the first one that I said that to said, absolutely. In fact, I know the two that I will tell today, I'll email them after this phone call. And then the second one um, emailed me and said, yes, I will definitely do that, but I can do way more than two. Is it okay if I send you 20 people? And boy, did that ever just make my day. Um, and those two, those two people, really snowballed with their referrals. They still send me referrals. And of course, the, the referrals that they sent me love my work and they send me referrals. So it grows so exponentially if you do the right things and do them well. That's great. And it doesn't hurt to just ask, hey, could you just yes. tell 
two people about me. It doesn't literally doesn't hurt at all. In fact, you've already got the work with them. The only thing you're doing is just, just letting them know that you're open to have other people to, to help. And so mm-hmm. I think that's a great idea. And so as you're growing, is there a way that we can make this not necessarily like uh, consistent to where you can literally count on like, you know, $5,000 a month, but how do we make sure that it's going to be as consistent as possible so we can account for all of our expenses so we don't have to work a job and we can eventually quit? Well, it is totally possible to hit that 5,000 mark. Um, most months I'm actually hitting 20. So oh, awesome. it, it did take a few years to build. So I don't want anyone to get the idea that, oh, you know what? Within one year, I'm going to be making $20,000 a month. Um, if you do it very strategically and intentionally, then you can do it a lot faster than I did. I did it slowly. You know, I built slowly and I did it part-time for a while before I went full-time. Um, but yes, put it on your social media let people know, ask for the referrals after somebody comes back and says you did such a great job and always keep learning and talking about what you do. That's great. I completely agree with that. And always talking about what you do as if you're just helping people. You know, it's not like mm-hmm. you're an insurance salesman. I completely think that, you know, I, I didn't ever want to be an insurance salesman just because it just felt like all they want to do is sell me insurance. And so, but if you're just looking to help and be beneficial mm-hmm. to other people, be a friend first and also be a beneficial, I think it's a great idea. So, man, is there anything else that we should be thinking about as we become freelance editors and hopefully turn this into a business? One thing is to do the math. Um, you will see, you know, if you get into freelance editing and let's say you join some Facebook groups or you're in other places online, you will see people who are lowballing like crazy. And especially if you go to Fiverr and th- places like that, those people cannot live on what they're charging. So when you see somebody charging something, you do the math. Um, a, go- a good guideline is 10,000 words per day as an editing amount. If you go beyond that, you're going to start to get fatigued and you're going to start missing errors and maybe even introducing errors. And we don't want that. So you you do need to limit your time editing and then go market. So if you do that math, let's say a, a typical book is 50,000 words. That's one week worth of work. How much do you need to charge to be able to pay all of your overhead, have your profit? Um, you know, if you have any team members, which Ideally, over time, you will start to grow enough that you will add team members and you have to account for their payment as well. So do the math. And if you see what those people are doing, a lot of them, they're only grossing $20 a day. No one can live on that. So if, if you do quality work, you will find quality clients who will pay you a quality income. That's a great, great point. Because that's a question I was going to ask. It was like, what do we charge? You know, how do we start with our business? How much do we charge at the beginning? And then I know we should probably raise our rates as we go, as we get more uh, experience and our work gets better and we have more people that would pay us more. So it seems like, well, what should we start from the very beginning? Because I love the idea that we're eventually going to be successfully unemployed with this because we do the math and we can figure out how much our expenses are, how much we need to make per per uh, per word and all that. So for 10,000 words, if we're going to get started what is the good number that we should charge per, I'd say, 10,000 words or even per word? Okay, so that's going to depend on which type of editing you're doing. 
developmental editing is the highest price and that is also the highest level. So that's looking at big picture things about your book, the organization, the table of contents, is everything in it that needs to be in it or is, you know, is it missing a lot of things or is it a big mess? That's one type of editor. And that is usually in the ballpark of about 10 cents a word for someone who is experienced. So just starting out, I would say cut everything in half. Um, for line editing, that's where you look at, does this sentence make sense? Does it fit within its paragraph? Does the paragraph fit within the section? Is the language on par with the desired reading level? Or is it too complicated? Or is it talking down to people? And that is where, you, I mean, we look at it sentence by sentence through the entire book. And that's usually around eight cents a word. And then copy editing is what most people think of when they think of editing. That's your spelling errors, grammar, punctuation, things like that. And that is usually in the ballpark of about five cents per word. So again, just take everything and cut it in half and make that your starting point. And maybe when you're first getting started, try to be as flexible as you can because you are building that portfolio. Yeah, yeah, because well, I know in my business with real estate investing, everything is negotiable. So if I'm buying a house, I'm going to negotiate on the price. If I'm going to get a property manager, I'm going to negotiate on their percentage. If I'm going to get an inspector, I'm going to negotiate, try to get them down on the cost. So everything I'm going to try to do that. But at the same time, when I'm serving other people, I'm going to be flexible in, okay, this is how much I charge. I say, well, that's a little out of my price range. Can you come down a little bit? I think it's perfectly fine to be flexible up until the point you're making $20 or grossing $20 a day. That's not enough. You don't want to do that. Any tips that you would have for any of the negotiating? Or is it basically just understanding what's your bare minimum that you need and then don't go below that? You do need to know what your bare minimum is. But if you have more than one project, you might have a little more flexibility in there. You might be able to dip below the minimum on one as long as the other one covers it for you. Um, and I, I since I am so empathetic and heart-led in everything that I do, I always set aside a certain amount per year to do pro bono. So when I first started, I heard about a family who tithed what they wanted to, like they reversed tithe and they tithed so that they could increase their income because they had faith that that would be very effective for them. And I thought, hmm, maybe I could do something like that. Maybe I tithe in the pro bono work that I do. And so I pro bonoed a year's salary every year. So wow. that grows each year that my business grows. That's fantastic. Praise the Lord. Good for you. And I find the more that I give in general, the better better everything gets. So, man, that's awesome. So, Jennifer, let's jump into the rapid fire round. Now, these okay. questions are short, but the answers don't have to be. So, first question is, you, you've given us lots of advice as being a freelance editor or having editing business. Is there anything that we might have missed, anything else that we should know as we want to become an editor? Always have a contract. Always have a contract. Even the nicest people, you've known him for 25 years and he's wonderful. If it's not in writing, it's not clarified. So it's not that anything is, you know, bad intention or anything like that. But if it's not communicated clearly, then you can have misunderstandings and you can damage your relationships. So that is definitely one thing that I, I learned the hard way. When I first started off, it was just a simple handshake and everything was fine. Um, now, even with um, people that I know well, if I haven't worked with them before, I'll say, great, this is wonderful. I'm just going to send you over my standard 
editing agreement and you can zip through it. If you want to have somebody like a lawyer look at it, that's perfectly fine. If not, that's okay too. It's just, and I, I emphasize the fact that it's just standard and it's editable. So if they want something changed, we can change something in there to make it work for everybody. That's a great point. Yeah, literally every single contract that I ever get, I look at what I want to take out. And so if they don't want to, if they don't allow me to take it out, then I have to either accept it or reject the contract. So, but that's a great, great point is that you absolutely need to make sure going into it, what you can get out of it, what they can get out of it. It's just so everything's clear. Just so anything comes back and say, hey, you said this. Well, it's, let's look at the contract. It says it right here. You signed. Yeah. So I think that you're just covering yourself and you're helping your client, in my opinion. And another thing, another thing to keep in mind is you will not get it perfect. And be sure to clarify that and communicate that to your client, because a lot of authors do expect perfection. So if they get when when they get their book back and it's it's printed, it's it's ready to go and they see it. Oh, goodness. On page 42, there's a typo on line four. Yes, there will be. There will be some. Our goal is excellence. Perfection is God's department. So, you know, we we do try to get it, you know, as close to perfect as humanly possible. But it's important to clarify that and make sure that your client knows it won't be perfect. So that's one of those expectations that we just have to touch on. Yeah. And honestly, that's why I do three different editors is because I just know that somebody's going to miss something and nobody's perfect. So I think that's a great point. Okay. Next question. What is one bit of advice you would give your younger self? It could be when you're in high school, college, whatever it might be, but you've learned over time. What would you go back and suggest to your younger self as a bit of advice? Okay. I would suggest that I got, that I would, I would get started sooner. And I would say, go full time from day one. Don't just, you know, think you have to work this in around everything else that you're doing. Um, I would say invest in yourself. So mm -hmm. I'm constantly buying books. I'm con and I'm deducting them um, because it has to do with my work. And oh, yeah. I'm constantly studying the Chicago Manual of Style. I set aside 30 minutes every day for my personal learning, my professional development, and I will never stop doing that. So that's what I would say. Get started sooner and just jump in both feet. Yeah, that's great. Okay. What is one nonfiction book? It could be business, life, whatever it might be, but nonfiction that you would suggest that we should read other than the ones you've already given us. This is Marketing by Seth Godin. It clarified things like, don't be worried about competition which I never really was. I look at this as like, you know, a rising tide lifts all boats and I'm here to serve and that kind of thing. But it really solidified that for me that it's okay to think that way. And I love his graph where he says, take this axis and this axis, pick any two you like, take it all the way to the edges, go all the way to the extremes and, and then stake out your claim there. And then you are the go-to. So for me, those those axes are excellence and ease. I make it so easy for my clients and I don't want them to have a bad experience. Like that's why one of the reasons I got started doing this was I knew a lot of authors who were crying over what a traditional publisher did to their book. It's not mm. my book anymore. It's not my story. I, you know, I feel terrible. One even told me she never wanted to write again and that broke my heart. So I said, if I ever edit books, I want to be sure that the author is happy with what they get and 
Um, I want to make it as easy as possible so they don't have this, you know, nightmare bad editor story to go and tell. I want to save them from that if I can. So excellence and ease are my two axes. And I learned that from that book. Oh, man. So what is one tool? It could be an app. It could be even a, you know, a piece of paper and a pencil. But what's one thing that you use on a day-to-day basis that we should look into using? I use Asana to manage my entire team and all of my projects. I like the the fact that I can have a board view and I can just click and drag things. And I can also have the checklist and I can go and see what things have been completed by my team members, what things are still outstanding. Um, It really helps me to run the business. And it also helped me to hand it over to a business manager when I reached that point. And I know you guys are just getting started. It's okay. This may be five years down the road for you, maybe 10 years down the road for you. But if you ever want to get to the point where you're running a true business, it has to be able to run without you present. So you have to be able to hand it over to someone that you can trust with tools that work. Jennifer, thank you so much for your time. I know somebody's going to want to reach out to you, even learn more from you. Um, How can they find you? They can find me um, either on Facebook, you know, it's Jennifer Harshman. um, They can also find me via email and it's Jennifer at HarshmanServices.com. Fantastic. Jennifer, thank you so much for your time and your wisdom. I really appreciate you being on. Thank you. It was a blast. Today's episode has been brought to you by the Real Estate Wealth Builders membership. That's the membership that I founded teaching people how to quit their J-O-B by investing in real estate rental properties. Now, Real Estate Wealth Builders is your place to learn how to invest in real estate with five different masterclass courses group coaching with me and a private student community where we all work together, all the tools and the discounts, all the resources and everything that you need to quit your J-O-B by investing in real estate. Now, I do want to show you how to do this completely for free. If you want to learn about investing in real estate for free, I want to get you my free real estate investing course. Go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course. It'll be in the description, masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course. You can see how you can quit your job, that J-O-B, by investing in real estate. I'll show you how to find properties, how to use other people's money to buy properties, and how to scale the business to be successfully unemployed just like I did. Also, if you got anything out of the show, share it with just one person. Share it with just one person so that they can see the light that it is so much better to not work a job, be successful, unemployed, and be your own boss. All right, guys, this is it for today's show. I will see you next week. See ya. See ya.